Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Matt Hoffman. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me on. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come on our show. Um, we like to allow our guests to take the stage and, in their own words, provide us a, 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 some sort of idea of what you do in your business. Sure. So I'm a talent partner for M13. M13 is a venture firm based out of New York and Los Angeles. We primarily invest in consumer-focused companies at the seed and Series A stage. For my job, I work really closely with our portfolio companies to help them get better at anything related to HR, talent, people, strategy, whether it's hiring, people operations, leadership development, coaching, performance, anything related to making our people do the best they can be. I will typically work very closely with our founders and executives to help them level up uh, their game in that area. Mm. So this are you, you, you? This is your company. Uh, I'm a partner. I'm not the founder and the owner, but I'm a partner in the firm. We uh, we have a very good partnership. We're founded by uh, Courtney and Carter Reem. Uh, I worked very closely yeah. with them since 2019, and we work together to help our portfolio companies that we invest in. Uh -huh. So can you give us uh, a little rundown on what, what this means exactly and what kind of clients do you work with? Sorry, so we're an investment firm, a venture capital firm, which means we invest in companies at the very earliest stages. Um, they're looking okay, so to you yourself for capital are to help them grow. Got it. Okay, right. understood. Right, yeah, so I'm, I'm so, one of the, the, the part of the team that invests. They, they come to us because they're looking for capital. But they also come to us because they're looking for help and advice in growing and scaling their business based on our areas of expertise. That's right. Understood. So it's not just the money part of things. You actually help with the consulting of the business as right. well. And, you know, obviously it's a little different now, but in the past it's not been particularly hard to raise capital. Um, and so, you know, the best founders, the best uh, CEOs are looking for investment firms that can help them with more than just money. That can help them grow, yeah. can give them insight and experience. And one, we think that's a differentiator for us in getting access to the best investment deals. But obviously, of course, it helps to make our companies uh, better and stronger. Mm. And most um, investment uh, companies that I interviewed in the past, they're mostly focused on on the money side of things, right? So, uh, is, so we like to think is this unique, yeah. like you mentioned, having the consultant part of it as well? I think it's pretty differentiated. Um, we started doing this a couple of years ago. I will say more firms have started to recognize why this model works and they're starting to build out the same portfolio services at the scale that we have. We like to think we do it a little bit better. We have an incredible team of operating partners like me who works very closely. Um, I do think you'll start to see more and more venture firms start to operate this way for sure. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's it's serve it's serving the client much better, right? Because you're not just providing the money or finding the money that they need, which is very important. But the other well, aspects you want to make sure of they the do business it wisely. is super yeah. important as well. That's right. You want to make sure that you know 
they're doing the right things and they're growing the right way faster. Yeah. And so if you want to be a good financial steward of that money, you've got to help them get better. Uh, and what's your, what's your most favorite industry that you would invest in? Um, well, I'm biased because uh, I come from an HR background and we'd make investments in what we call the future of work, which are companies that are transforming um, the way that people work in the office, whether it's, you know, the shift to remote or the shift towards more of a key economy or helping people hire better people, giving people more better access to benefits. So I'm personally biased to that, but we invest across future of work, future of money, future of commerce. We really try to focus on areas that are significantly changing consumer behavior uh, over the next decade or so. So we don't like to make little investments in small companies. We like to make investments in, in you know, paradigm changing companies. And, you know, it's like kids, everyone mm. is your favorite in a certain way, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So is this, is this something that you're going to take into, you know, industries that are coming such as, you know, artificial intelligence or, or uh, cryptocurrency? And that side of things as well? Well, sort of. We're not directly invested in cryptocurrency, thank goodness. But we do uh, more focus on the Web3 blockchain behind it. So it's much more around the infrastructure behind uh, the industry, which I think is going to be much more resilient in the long term. And that's really kind of going to be where the growth comes over time. So a little less speculative as well. Um mm -hmm. On AI, we don't typically invest in deep, deep tech, but there's a lot of companies we invest in that rely on AI to make better decisions, whether it's around consumer purchasing decisions or things like that. Um, we are likely to make continue to make investments in that part of the space for sure. <coughs> mm. And the work from home shift that COVID caused, um, do you see that now that things are kind of getting better? Do you find people are going back to the office or is that going to be a new norm in the future years to come where, you know, work from home is just a better solution for businesses? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I'm obviously, I'm working at home today. Um, I split my time between our office in LA, New York and, and working from home as does most of the people that I work with. I think it's going to depend on the company. Some companies really feel that they benefit from an in-person presence because it's their culture really benefits from FaceTime, more in-person collaboration. My personal experience is you can get most of that in kind of short bursts, but the added flexibility of letting people work from home, getting access to talent to me outweighs that. So I think over time it will slowly shift. I don't think everyone's going to work at home in a way they were during the peak of COVID, although certainly that wasn't even the case in, in certain parts of the country in certain roles. I do think as technology gets better, um, people will start to demand more of that flexibility because it's nice, it's helpful. Um, but I don't think working in the office will ever fully go away because I think the relationships mm -hmm. that you form with people in the office is really strong and that's hard to do virtually. It just doesn't have to be done every day. Mm -hmm. So you notice that flex part of things are, are more. Um, I think hybrid will be the wave of the future. Hybrid. Yeah. And you also, and every let company the, will figure out what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every person you will figure out what's best for them. And the people who are attracted to a certain type of company will continue to be reinforced over time. And it's great that there's lots of different options for people who like to work in different ways. But, you know, I think, the amount of people working remotely will, will only increase, but there'll always be options for everyone, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And giving that option to someone to make that decision is quite uh, attractive as well as an employee, for example, going into It's a real differentiator. It gets you access to different talent. Um, If you can get a more diverse group of people working for your team, that's only a good thing. Mm -hmm. So what is the minimum that you look at when you're looking at a company when it comes to their, their sales or EBITDA? What do you look at? It's less around that. We look more at companies that um, have kind of achieved product market fit. So we're really looking for companies that have demonstrated that they can, um, they've come up with a product or service that really resonates in the market. Customers are paying for it and we see growth. It's also around a specific amount of sales and revenue than kind of where we can project out based on what they built. Mm. Um, ultimately, we're investing in founders. So we're always looking for amazing, smart, learning-focused founders that we think can grow and scale a business. Um, but that product market fit is usually something, you know, kind of a key to, key signal that it's it's ready for an investment of our size and, and scale. Mm. Yeah, if you look at a business, the business is the people, right? It's not the brick and the mortar, it's the actual people, the human behind that's it. That's right, so especially with the type of investments great. we do. Um, and you know at the early stage companies are going to pivot, you know they're going to change, and so you're really looking for leaders and teams that have shown the agility and the dexterity to do those type of changes. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if someone is listening to this episode and they have – a company that they're very passionate about and they, 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 they love it. Right. And they see those qualities in themselves and the people that work in the company. Um, what would you say to someone like that when it comes to your service? Right. Well, you know, it's weird for me to say that I give my business, but venture capital is not for every person, every business, right? We invest in companies because we expect to see a certain amount of growth and scale, not just us, every venture. That's what, that's yeah. what the business is built on. And with that comes certain pressures and certain expectations. Um, you're certainly giving up a lot of your company from a dilution perspective. You know, it's not all, mm-hmm. it's not all Shark Tank all the time. And so mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable seeing that type of growth and building for that growth. And some people are, are not, and it's not the right decision for everyone. If you're really happy with a business that's turning a profit and it's able to give you kind of the type of lifestyle and environment you want, like I say that in all, like that's an amazing outcome, right? You don't need to mm-hmm. do kind of the venture out, but if you're really looking to kind of scale and you want to create the next unicorn, obviously you want to kind of take a venture approach and, you know, we're happy to work with you. And it's for companies that are really looking or leaders that are really looking to kind of do that significant, significant growth and scale um, and are excited to work with us because we have experience in doing that. Mm, very good, Matt. And would you, is there any, I mean, is there any company in the past that you invested in that that failed? Sure. Um, actually, most venture capital investments don't succeed, right? It's actually a very small percentage oh. that are wildly successful that you've heard of. Um, now, hopefully those investments return enough capital to us and to our, our investors that it makes up for it. But most venture-backed uh, firms will not be successful, um, which is okay. Um, that we, we go in knowing that. And hopefully, you know, if an entrepreneur is really excited, they'll do another one and they'll take those lessons and learn and they'll, they'll make it the next time. And we always want to help the people working for their teams find new stuff too. But that is kind of built into the model. Um, 
If you mm. don't take big swings, you're not going to have the big outcome. So with that big swings comes an occasional miss. We think we have enough mm. experience and expertise to minimize those misses more than other firms. But yeah, no, nobody bets anything remotely close yeah. to a thousand. And that's kind of how the model is built. Yeah. And Matt, you do your due diligence. You have the team to look at everything, right? But you just never know, you know, and, and that's the beauty. It's of hard. Business, it's not, it's right? not about never knowing. It's really, really hard. Um, it's incredibly hard to build a scalable, successful business. That's why I say the venture ad is not for everyone. Um, mm. And so again, there's no shame in, in trying and failing. We expect that. We want to work with you and help you however we can. But obviously, we wouldn't invest mm-hmm. if we didn't believe that there was a significant likelihood of a successful outcome. It's just realistically that we're not going to be right every time. No, everyone. And what about what do you do? You have a company that you invested in that has just just surprised you, like such a huge success. We have a company, you know, the thing about venture is it really takes five, six, seven, eight years to really kind of know what's going to be successful. So there's been some early investments we've made in companies you would have heard of, you know, like Lyft, like Ring, like Pinterest uh-huh. that obviously had extraordinary successful outcomes. Um, and those are found in the very early stages of M13. Uh, since I joined M13 in 2019, it's still actually pretty early to kind of tell who the big winners are, but okay. you know, there's certainly companies in our portfolio, like, like capsule, like North star, um, like row that really seem to be kind of on their way to hopefully becoming the next couple of things. And if we do this again in three or four years, I'll be able to talk to you, but in the same breath, I talked about those other companies. Yeah. And do the founders also, um, launch their own products or our own companies as well, or do they just focus on helping others. Um, you mean the founders of M13? Yeah. Yeah, they they are former. They did have their own company. They had a company called Vive, which was a successful wine and spirits uh, beverage company. Um, but they do the same thing. They invest in companies now. They've obviously been extraordinarily successful in their life and business, and they, they share that perspective uh, with the companies we invest in now. Absolutely. And they're open to having investors invest with them as well like be part of the team that's right that's right we typically do this as a as a team sport we have lps that invest in us um any investment m13 makes is made by a group decision as part of our investment committee and we do that to reduce bias to make sure we're being really thoughtful and fair about how we invest but every single person on the team has the ability to lead investments. Every partner has the ability to do that. And every single partner will work closely with the companies in our portfolio to share their experience and their background and their expertise, um, which is great. Who wouldn't want a super yeah. successful entrepreneur in their back pocket, in their corner, kind of helping them out with the, the lessons they've learned. And you know, there's nobody better than our two founding partners. Uh, companies can't get enough of the time with them. Me, they're, they're fine when they get it, but they get really excited when they get to work with people like Cordy and Carter. Oh, cool. So what do you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point, Matt? I think um, I have a pretty good understanding of the systems and processes that help people scale the people and talent function. You know, there's lots and lots of great product and business ideas. but And you said this yourself, and, and you're obviously totally right, is that it's really about the people. 
how do you hire the best mm -hmm. people? How do you create an environment where people can be healthy, happy, and successful, do their best work? Um, how do you get them to stay? I think I'm a pretty good judge of talent. I've been doing this for a while, so I kind of know like what good looks like in this context. And more importantly, I know how to create the conditions to get people to do their best work, how to drive the right type of motivation, how to drive the right term of retention. Those things don't happen by accident. Like anything else, like marketing, like engineering, like there's a science and there's a best practice behind it. Um, and I've hopefully started to figure out some things about how to help companies do that really well at a, at a high scale. That's great. Do you, do you invest or do you um, actually make effort in personal development for yourself? It sounds like you do. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, of course. Um, you have to, right? Like, that's one of the things we preach our company yeah. is, you know, I'm old. I'm not that old. You know, I still have room to grow. No. I still have room to get better, both in my personal life yeah, and, and in work. And if you're not consistently investing in per professional development, like, you're going to yes. get outpaced pretty quickly. So I recently yeah. um, became a certified coach myself. You know, thing I wanted to get Amazing. much better at is how I coach others, how I teach others. So I, I worked on that over the past couple of years. I just received my coaching certification where I'm able to kind of see clients now and I'm able to work with them. That helps me be better at my job. Um, I'm always learning new skills. I'm always reading. I'm always trying That's to kind great. of listen to podcasts like this and learn new stuff. Yeah, you you have to you have to one it's really you boring if to. you don't but two other people are getting better yeah. you got to keep up with that stuff yeah and you know sometimes we find uh, entrepreneurs or people suffer and don't go this route and try to figure it out on their own um you know it's just the fact that the ego just seems um overpowering right and you just want to totally. do it that was me before i just thought i could do it everything myself i didn't need help from you're anyone. totally right and you can nobody can yeah. right and the truth is like yeah. if we meet with an a founder and they don't feel like they if we don't think they feel like they have anything to learn and grow, like we're probably not going to invest in them because yes. your company is getting a lot bigger, right? And if you don't feel yes. like you can grow and scale, like you're going to have a real problem. Like you're going to be replaced by another CEO pretty soon. So that learning yeah. mindset, that growth mindset, that ability, yeah. that humility to say, I have things I can get better at, is actually really, yeah. really critical to being a successful founder. So I think you've hit the nail yeah. on the head for sure. Yeah, like whenever we talk to people, we always, if we notice a beginner's mindset, like we want to work with you, right? But if there's, there's, if you know it all and it's hard to be, you know, if coachability is super important because you're just not going to be able to transfer that knowledge, right? Yeah, it's, it's really, really yeah. critical. Yeah, no, great, Matt. It was uh, amazing talking to you. It was a pleasure meeting you. And I, I'm wishing for all the growth and success for you and your partners and the company. You're doing great work. You know, you're helping people grow, uh, which is uh, super important. And having the money to help others with that money is is great. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's, um, a, it's a, I appreciate that. You know, the money is one thing helping, like you need to have them both, yeah. right? It's all about the growth. It's both. all about development. It's not just yes. about the money. Those things support it. And that's where we think we can be helpful. And that's my favorite thing to do in the world. So I hope that's a useful that's perspective great. for you. Oh, it is, Matt. Thank you so much. And audience, thank you so much again for joining us for another episode with um, with Matt here today. All his information will be in the show notes. You heard the man, you know, it's like we feel like we, we just 
we know it all for at times, not all the time, but there are certain aspects of our life we feel like we know it. And especially with internet and, and Google and YouTube, uh, there's so much content that we can continue to learn and, and know more. But the point is that doing what you're knowing is the, is, is the key ingredient, right? And having an open mind and listening and uh, taking advice from others and taking action on that is you learn yourself, you go and you do it, you check it out, you see how it works out. It works out well for you. Great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You don't give up. So again, appreciate you. Appreciate you, Matt. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you.